and welcome to another edition of the Holistic Life Mastery Show. I'm your host, Ronnie Landis, and really, really excited to share this episode with you for two reasons. The guest that I have is an incredible human being, a very dear friend of mine. His name is Jesse Elder. You may know of Jesse, you may not, but you will very, very soon. This is a great episode for sure. And I'm also excited to get my podcast back into rotation. If you've been following me, then you probably know that I've been a little MIA for for a little while. Let's just say the majority of this last summer. And I'm not going to tell the stories. There are plenty of stories to tell. This summer was absolutely full on in so many ways. I actually took a significant step back from all social media, podcasts, content creation, um, my business in a lot of respects outside of working with private clients. And I went to my second home in the world, which is Kauai, Hawaii. And I did a very deep, intensive training, a, a mastery apprenticeship training in a modality called neuromuscular release therapy, which I will be sharing in uh, different episodes to share more about that. But it was a very deconstructive process, and I went through a transformational um, experience that took the that took over you know four or five months of my life. There were a lot of things that were happening, a lot of things that were shifting, a lot of things that were changing, and it really forced me to become very introspective to take my time with life and to take a big step away from the externality of social media and goals and business and really take a big step back and evaluate life and rebuild my yin reservoir. And yin is a Chinese medical term to describe a form of life force that most of us in the Western world have burnt out. And when you burn out your yin, you burn out that enthusiasm and that that life force and your energy reserves and your your kidney adrenal battery pack, and you just become kind of sympathetically overloaded, stressed, worried, anxious. Um, this was happening to me for a, a good a good bout of time, and I realized I needed to take a big step back and reevaluate things and build back my energy reservoir so I could really get focused on the mission ahead, and we have done exactly that. I've recently just moved back into Austin, Texas in the last six weeks, getting very grounded here. We have a ton of incredible podcasts in the queue ready for you, and we are back on the mission, and we should have incredible podcast interviews out every single week and um, just ready to really relaunch things in a, in a brand new way coming into 2024. So that is a little bit of the update from me. And moving into this episode with Jesse Elder, there is not a lot that I need to get into other than Jesse is a very dear brother of mine over many years. He's an incredible transformation coach. He helps people in a variety of ways. He's super fun to listen to, incredibly fun to talk with, and we get into a lot of interesting territory. This is going to be a little bit of a different podcast, I think, a little bit off the beaten path. However, if you've listened to my show over the years, you know that I do get off the beaten path almost every episode. So 
you know, compare it to whatever you want to. But it's a great episode. It's very inspiring, especially if you are wanting to manifest more money, financial success, business success. If you're a coach, if you're a therapist, if you are an entrepreneur, or if you want to develop more of an entrepreneur mentality, this is the perfect episode for you. So with all that said, and without further ado, enjoy this episode with my brother, Jesse Elder, and I'm so excited to uh, be back on the podcast tip and to be sharing incredible conversations with all of you such as this. Enjoy. <laughs> Jesse Elder, welcome to the Holistic Life Mastery Podcast. This is uh, basically going to be like one of our normal sauna conversations. Just Definitely. recorded. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Less sweat. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so me and me and Jesse have known each other for a number of years, since say like 2016-ish. And we met through a mutual friend who's a client of yours, very successful life coach and a dear sister of mine, Marcy Locke. Yeah. And we bonded over martial arts. Yeah. I didn't really even know who you were and that you were like a super coach, an entrepreneur. And I just connected with you over martial arts. And then over the years, just kind of hit up in passing. And then when I moved here in Austin, we just started connecting a lot, particularly at Kuya, mm -hmm. in the sauna, mm -hmm. in meditation, and just kind of entering into these auspicious conversations, and then just synchronicities led and just fell to deepening and brotherhood with you. And um, yeah, you're just someone that I have the utmost respect for. And you have a really unique aura, a really unique signature, and everyone that I talk to reflects that same thing. Um, so I'd love to hear maybe what do you think that is for you? Like, what is that unique quality that you emanate? Uh, well, my ego loves all this, so sure. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and there's also it's not it's not just ego. I think it's a something that I've that I've been exploring, especially the last couple of years, is that there are no lies in nature. Mm -hmm. Everything in nature operates perfect harmony and we're part of that like we're we're like the leading edge of nature because mm. we have consciousness we're self-aware we don't have to stay within lines of instinct like you know these elm trees outside the window mm. that, that's just going to be an elm tree it's never going to be a pine tree it's not going to become a watermelon it's not going to become a you know it's not going to change what it is it's just going to become what it is right right humans have the same sort of encoded uh, instinct to you know eat and survive and mate and keep ourselves safe and bond with those that we trust and repel those that we don't mm -hmm. and that's natural mm -hmm. but beyond that we also have imagination which means we can see things that don't exist yet mm. and make them real mm. like if that's not God I don't know what mm. it is so because every one of us is born with this unique signature as you say we're born with a unique essence that is so exponentially more unique than a fingerprint mm. or a snowflake, mm -hmm. like times billions. Mm. That's how unique each one of us is. And there's two things that I think dim this or, or just become part of your, your journey. One is that when you're born, very quickly you start to forget. Like you start to forget what you are. It's like spiritual amnesia. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, you have, um, especially in the last... Mm, 
in the United States after the Civil War, when the public education system was designed, mm -hmm. and the entire purpose of that was to create, a lot of people think, oh, it's to create factory workers. Mm -hmm. That's a mm -hmm. very positive assessment. Right, right, agreed. Like it is prison. Like it is designed to create conformists, um, people who fear uh, disapproval, mm. learn to obey authority. People learn pretty early in school and from their parents, most parents, they learn that to obey is also to do the right thing. Mm. That the mm. right thing to do mm. is to obey. And immediately people check out. Then they're relieved of the burden of thinking. Mm -hmm. Someone else is doing their thinking for them. Now, the individual rebels against this. And yeah. is like, hates school, doesn't do good in school, hates being told what to do. Um, and it's, it takes a really... It, it's just a very interesting process to watch people go through this sort of you know, machine-like existence. And, I, and I'm not you know, hating on school. My, my dad is a teacher, my brother's an educator. There's obviously amazing people that are attracted to do that mm -hmm. work, mm -hmm. but they're attracted to do that work in a system yes. that is designed to destroy the individual. And mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. it would be mm -hmm. like somebody who's a veterinarian going to work in a slaughterhouse. Right, you know? right. It's like, I love animals. They're like, cool, come work for the slaughterhouse. You'll be around animals all the time. Mm. And then all of a sudden they realize what their job is actually to do. Right. It's not to heal animals and love them and help them. It's to, you know, slaughter them. Um, which that's a different topic. I think that's also natural in a lot of ways. But Similar analogy from like a spiritual and psychological perspective though that you're making, right? Like school, schooling, education is fundamental. Like you're a very educated person. So you're not saying education is wrong, but the context in which that system is set up is detrimental to actually the higher learning mm -hmm. process. They just call it higher learning. Right. And, well, because that's, that's a great brand. Who wouldn't want higher learning? Right. But then if they set themselves up as the place to get it, mm. you're screwed. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a great distinction. Education doesn't actually happen in school right. any more than you know, spiritual growth happens in church. Ah. You know, it's mm -hmm. like comfort mm -hmm. and it's convenient and you can certainly get ideas. Sure. But then it's like, what are you going to do with the ideas? Any idea that just stays in your head or just gets talked about with other people of the congregation or the classroom... It, it's it's dead. Like, what are you gonna do with it? Mm. Imagine. I mean, you see it in martial arts where yes. you know, it's, you know, it's like you see these guys warming up and they're getting ready and all this, and it's like cool. Like, we'll find out. We'll and find then they out. Get out there on the mat, and mm -hmm. all of a sudden you're like, now we know. Mm. And so these people are like, well, I've been training for 20 years, and then you watch them compete, and you're like, I wouldn't say I'll tell people that. I yeah, I would say I just started if I were you. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I, and I'm not. I love people. It's just people are are usually so wrapped up mm. in our own stories right. of why things are the way they are. So to answer the question, everybody has an aura that is unique to them. Um, most people are not very practiced mm. at expressing that uh. because of the fear of disapproval, the need for approval, uh, conformity, fear of failure, all this other stuff. And I'm just really appreciative that I just didn't forget. Like I just mm. have always mm. known. Mm. And then had very fortunate to have two parents who when I was born they said we think this kid knows what he needs for himself more than we do yeah so we're gonna love him and stay out of his way mm. so just do your chores in the morning and we'll see you at dinner mm. and mm -hmm. if you want resources like books here's a library card and go ride your bike to the library and go get a bunch of books yeah so and it was always that kind of thing it's like if I wanted to know nobody was really gonna 
like support me and give me all the resources and all the toys and all the tools and all that, mm-hmm. but I wasn't stopped either. Right. And so it was, I remember that this one time where I was super into snakes and reptiles and turtles and everything when I was a kid. And my, I wanted to be a herpetologist, like a reptile scientist. That was my <laughs> dream when I was like eight years old. And I had seen the snake like out at a park or something. And I was like, I had to know what it was. And I had a snake book and I think I knew what it was, but I wasn't sure. And I was, I was t- talking to my mom and I said, I need to know, like, can we go to the zoo right now? Cause I have to know what that snake is. She was like, no, we're not going to the zoo right now. Mm. Like, but wait, I need to know. Like it was insane need. And my mom was so chill. She said, well, if you really want to know, you'll figure it out. Bingo. I was like, ah, mm. I need to know. Mm-hmm. I was no book. There's, I've already got all the books from the library. I've read them all. I don't know what the snake is. So I was hitting a dead end. Mm. She was very smart and she said, well, if you really want to know, I bet you can find somebody who knows. <laughs> and she was like, putting it right there for me, but I'm mm-hmm. eight years old. Right. And I was like, but who knows about snakes? She's like, well, why do you want to go to the zoo? Is it because the herpetologist is, oh. the herpetologist is there. Uh-huh. And she said, do you need to go to the zoo to talk to the herpetologist? No, I could call him. And she's like, yes. And I'm like, how? Where do I get the number? She said, well, where do you go to find phone numbers? I was like, the phone book. Uh-huh. Those? Uh-huh. The phone book. So I go to the phone book, immediately overwhelmed because of yellow pages, white pages, blue pages. And I kept looking, finally found in the blue pages, the zoo, called the zoo, found the herpetology department, called up this breathless, excited eight-year-old kid and I'm like, hi, my name's Jesse Elder. I live in 235 King. I need to, to know about the snake. And the, the herpetologist is so chill. He was yeah. like, all right, son, uh, what, what was it? Describe it. And I described it. He said, oh, that's a, that's a ribbon snake. I was like, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> and it was this triumphant moment yeah. of needing to know, yep. not knowing how to find the resources, and then being encouraged, yep. but not provided mm. with the resources. Mm. So I never... Like I didn't have the immediate dopamine rush of just mm-hmm. like, oh, now I know. Mm-hmm. I had to go on this little mini hero's journey yes. to figure it out. And then what you get from that is the skill of figuring things out. Right. So then fast forward, you know, that was, I was eight years old. Fast forward 11 years and I just got my ass beat in a street fight. Mm. Second degree black belt in Taekwondo. Mm. Some dude jumped on me from behind, mm. put me into the ground. I had no idea what I was doing. Felt like I'd failed my art. Yeah. Because all my instructors like, you should have sidekicked him. You know, you should have had better situational awareness. I'm like, ah, this is not helping. Yeah. I need to know how to fight. Mm. And that early lesson is like, yeah, if you really want to know, you'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. And around that time is when uh, the UFC was like not even started yet. Mm-hmm. But one of my mentors was training jujitsu. He's like, hey, you should come up to Austin. So I did. I was like, what is that? That's gay. Like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> and he's like, no, just learn. So I just learned. He convinced me to do a tournament. I said, I'm not ready. He's like, that's a story. Yeah. He said, yeah. if, you, if you don't go, you've already lost. Mm. If you go and lose, same as not going. Right. Except you get the experience. Right. And you're not a yeah. coward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, all right. So I went and I ended up winning. I won two matches, two or three matches, submission. And it was the same thing again. I don't know, but I know how to know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that, not just on skills, but in terms of self-expression. Like, we've all had the experience, you and me and everybody listening to this, we've all had the experience of having something that we wanted to say and not saying it. Mm. Or 
we've had the experience of saying something that we actually don't mean. Right. Both of those are violations of self-expression, mm-hmm. which is a complete disservice to our authenticity. And so it doesn't mean you have to like say everything on your mind all the time. Sometimes it's wiser just to chill out. But every one of us has a, that unique essence of who and what we are. That is not a title. It's not a, a relationship status. Mm. It's not an mm-hmm. amount of money. Um, it's not even these bodies that we have. Yeah. This is, you know, I, I mean, I think it's, I, I made a post a couple of years ago and I just said, I love being a man because that's what I am. Huh. And of course, social media. People freaked People out. Like, so you hate women? I'm like, oh. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Quite the contrary. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm actually a women. man. Therefore, <laughs> yeah. I love women. Right, right. Right. And then, you know, it, it's like people are going to see what they want to see. Yeah. But we all have this collection of features and qualities. Mm. And in my experience, the, the, the fastest path possible to rapid, and I'll use the word manifestation, is to simply be honest about what you want, be honest about who you are, be honest about where you are, mm. and, and just tell yourself the truth. If, you, if somebody says, I want, fill in the blank, I want to lose 20 pounds. I want to um, clean up my mind. I want to quit porn. I want to mm-hmm. make mm-hmm. money. If they say that they want that and don't immediately back up yep. that, that statement, if they don't back that statement up with either deleting something in their life step by step, systematically like you teach, Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. and or getting into their life a new behavior, new information, new commitment that's going to aim in that direction. Mm-hmm. If they don't, if if somebody says I want X, and it's not backed up by a commitment, then the truth is they don't want X. Mm-hmm. They actually want to be addicted to porn. They actually want to be broke. They actually want to be fat and out of shape. They want to be all these things, because nobody's like putting a gun to your head and saying eat the entire bag of Cheetos mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that's one thing that's so fascinating for me around um, trauma culture mm. is everybody's got an external reason mm-hmm. for why they're choosing to do the things they're doing Yeah, and it's like that's cool if that story supports you that's fine but just you're, you're better off admitting that you actually don't want the thing you say you want Right. and especially with money because money is such a, an interesting um, it's a state and mm. it's a skill mm. That's it. Mm. And so if somebody's, we always have the exact amount of money in our lives that we like need. Right. You don't ever right. have any less or any more. And that pisses a lot of people off. But it's yep. like, I've been there, man. I've, you I've, may want more because you think you want something that money can buy. Mm-hmm. But technically you have what you need in this moment. Always. Always. It's an interesting paradox. Right. And, and it's a good point because getting the money, I mean, money by itself is worthless is what the money can do Yes, that is, has value. And the, the value of the money in the person who parts with it says a lot about themselves. You know, when, when, like when Marcy and I were working together and, you know, she's not cheap as, as she shouldn't be. She's very good at what she does, gets great results and charges accordingly. So her prices, and I'm sure that I haven't talked to her in a while, but her prices were reassuringly expensive. Mm-hmm. And she also backed it up. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more people who, maybe not more, there's a lot of people in the wisdom economy, coaching, healing, um, I'll, I'll leave it at that, who are very good at what they do, 
but they're not making the money yep. that they feel they should make. Mm -hmm. And it's because you don't get paid for your competence. You get paid for your communication. You keep the money if you're good. You keep clients if you're mm. good. Reputation, your reputation is, is driven by your competence. So competence drives reputation. Hmm. But communication is what drives revenue. And you have to you have to know how to talk, and you got to know what to say, and you got to know what questions to ask. That's what you get paid for. So for the person who says, "I want this house, or I want this car, and I want these things," and to do that, here's the money that I need to get. Cool, we're on the right track. Then it's like, how do you get the money? Well, I don't know. Got it. Well, how can you know? How can you learn this skill mm, and this mm, state mm -hmm. of money? And when this is in twenty. 20, yeah, 2020. Um, subtle year for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Just, just, yeah. Just tumbleweeds blowing in the That'll wind. Be just boring. It was a boring yeah. year. Yeah. <laughs> and I was on a road trip, and uh, I just got the super clear vision to get property. Mm. And it was weird because I still considered myself kind of a nomad, and just like, oh no, I'm just gonna kind of, I don't really want anything. And uh, and the idea kept it persists. Get get property. So I. Got back to Texas, started looking at property. Found a place, not the right one. Found another place, not the right one. Found a place, perfect. And it was money that I didn't have laying around mm. to just like buy property. But I was so clear that this is what is gonna happen. And it was that full inside feeling like you feel like it's already there. Mm. When you wake up in the morning and you don't have it, you're like, wait, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just been normalized, so that's the state. Okay. The state of, right. of money is not money, it's the state of what money can do, the normalization of that. So I know the property's there, I know how much it is, and I also found myself sort of playing this game of like, well, I don't really need that much property. Mm -hmm. I can just get something smaller. Mm -hmm. And then once I thought that out loud, I was like, dude, you are being such a Mm. Like, this isn't how it works. And you know in martial arts, you don't get better by finding right. a person who's worse than you. Right. You actually get worse. You get worse. And more Your prone to injury. Exactly. Your skills drop down. Oh, yeah. And it's like in, you know, in jiu-jitsu, the most dangerous people are the white belts. You know? Totally. They're just like spastic tornadoes. <laughs> totally. Just like crazy. And so I realized that I'm on the fence, and I either have to jump off the fence and go back to where I came from and give up this dream, or I have to jump over the fence all in and figure it out because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. time is not the most important factor mm. this is that we need to get into this yeah is your tagline on instagram is time piercer mm -hmm. and i'm really i'm really deep into like quantum mechanics and mm -hmm. timeless mind ageless body mm -hmm. from like a, a health perspective longevity perspective but then like i really love the conversation about understanding time mm -hmm. not as a concept or construct but what that actually is mm -hmm. and how to pierce time and mm -hmm. collapse timelines mm -hmm. and so when it comes to money i even know i have my own blocks Every, it's the one does. i'd say it's the one area in my life that i have i have much of any blocks around everything else as far as my physicality my intellectual mm -hmm. psychological just like the makeup of me as ronnie landis it's really solid, but money is the one thing for whatever reason that my upbringing, my historical, 
you know, upbringing and my parents and, and you know, what, whatever I could point to. On that part, I would say, yeah, everything you just shared, are, mm-hmm. are, these are the most common reasons Sure. why people are like, I'm not exactly, like I can see it, I can feel mm-hmm. it, but I'm not there because of fill in the blank. And I used to do the same thing. Those are all just stories. They're stories. Right. And so the two things that we talked about normalizing, one is a state and one is a skill. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. all this focus on... It's more of a, it's a skill thing. For mo- yeah, I mean, yeah. Once you, if you've normalized the state and you're just like, man, I just feel good. Like, I don't need, like, I feel good. Yeah. Okay. Now, but a lot of people make the mistake of over-relying on the state. And I'd say that, that I, I fit into that category. Most people in the healing space do mm-hmm. because it feels so right and so comfortable and so just pure. Like when you're in the zone, you're writing, you're podcasting, yeah. you're working with a client, you're mm-hmm. teaching a class. You're just in your zone. You're the elm tree being right. an elm tree. And it's nice to not need things too. Mm-hmm. There's like, there's a very real kind of paradox between dopamine and serotonin, like mm-hmm. being actually content, especially when you've lived your life not very content. Mm-hmm. There's kind of, that's an interesting kind of rub right there. Like to actually feel like, no, I'm actually really good with right. myself. Right. But I also know that I want more. Which is, is what brings joy and and energy to the moment Mm. is wanting stuff that you don't have yet Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. knowing that you're knowing that it's coming knowing that you know exactly what to do to get to the step Uh, that gets to the step that mm. gets to the step that creates the thing Mm. and so normalizing the state is part of it over relying on that is what causes people to spend half the damn day meditating (laughs) and then visualizing and meditate some more visualize some more meditate some more and they can see it they're like it's there it's like, yeah, did you meditate or did you visualize doing um, a webinar mm. that created $100,000 in revenue? Probably not. Did you visualize practicing how to like write the webinar? Probably not. Did you visualize exactly what to say when somebody says it's too expensive, I don't have the money, I need to think about it, even though they know it's good for them? Do you know how to handle that? Mm. If not, mm. you'll avoid that situation. Right. Just like in martial arts, Somebody who, let's say they get you know, their butt kicked at a tournament and then they don't train yes. on how to overcome that technique, they're just not going to want to do the tournament. Nobody's going to keep going into the same thing and getting round kicked in the face again mm. without training on how to avoid, prevent that right. situation. Right. When you know how to avoid and prevent the situation, then you're, then you're, hand, you're prepared. Not only that, as you keep getting better, it gets harder and harder for somebody to do it to you. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean to create an antagonistic relationship between a buyer and a, and a seller, but it, it all comes back to skills. Mm. Um, when I, in, in my martial arts school, I made the very you know classic move of opening up thinking, once people know how passionate I am, once they know how much I love martial mm-hmm. arts, how much I love teaching, if you build it, they will come. Right. So I opened up. Then next thing you know, a month has gone by, time to pay rent. Mm. Whoa, Mm. this is scary. And I had the money because I was already practiced at maintaining, but I I couldn't grow. And months went by. Hmm. And I was teaching and teaching and teaching, but I couldn't, my school wouldn't grow. And one day I got it. I was, I had a mentor who was helping me and and we were at the school. And he said, Mr. Elder, come over here. Look Look out the window. And we're, we're looking and the street was there and the cars are driving by. He said, I'm going to count to a minute. And I want you to count how many cars go by. So I'm like counting one, two, three. I mean, it's a very busy intersection. 
he says, all right, stop. How many? And I was like 40 something. He said, all right, what do all those people have different than your students? Like what's the difference between those 40 people that just went by and the people that are in your school, which was at the time was like 50 people. Mm. He said, what's the difference? And I was like, uh, I had no idea. And he said, the difference is all the people that are already taking class from you got an invitation to come train. And all those people driving by haven't gotten an invitation. Wow, that's powerful. Mm-hmm. He said, you think you're a great instructor because you can teach. That's not what makes a great instructor. And, and like, that's the reward. Mm, mm. The real teaching is going out and talking to people. Because you love what you do. Yes. So the teaching is actually the reward. The teaching is the reward. Yeah. It's not the business. Right. The business is creating new relationships, mm. finding out what people want, seeing if there's a way that what you have can help them get it, which terrifies most people because they're so comfortable in the coaching zone, the teaching mm-hmm. zone, the production zone. Mm-hmm. But that's not actual production. Mm-hmm. That's the reward for production. I was like, whoa, got it. So I just need to go out and talk to people. He's like, well, you got to talk the right way. You got to say the right thing and you got to talk to enough people. I'm like, got it. I'm like, all right, I'm going to do it. He's like, when are you going to do it? I was like, tomorrow. He was like, worst day ever. I was like, damn it, this guy's good. And he's like, now, like now, you have nothing to do. Classes don't start for another two hours. Do you mm. know how many people you can talk to in two hours? And then I got scared. Wow. Because then I realized, oh shit, there's no place to hide. Oof. Everybody's going to find out I'm this awesome teacher here, but those people don't know me. They have no idea how good I am. They have no idea how much I love teaching. They don't know how good my classes are which is why they're not here. Mm. So I went out with the express intent of getting shot down, of feeling the shame, the embarrassment, the, oh, I'm, I'm gonna be too pushy, I look like a fool out in public in my uniform. Yeah. Like, we had to do all that too. I remember yeah. that very clearly. Yeah, but it's like once you commit to that, because I knew that to stay in my school was to choose poverty. Mm. Yeah. And so my, my mentor challenged me to go beyond the glass, mm-hmm. go on the other side of the glass where the people are, go out into the marketplace. It's a place. The marketplace is a place. You go mm-hmm. out to where the people mm-hmm. are. Mm-hmm. And so I started talking to people. It was not a fun couple of weeks. I would much rather have just passed out flyers at the mall, you know, mm-hmm. um, and then hope people called me because yeah. that I could do. Yeah. It's like, no, I am the message. I am the ad. So if anything's going to run, it's going to be me. I'm the ad, I gotta put my shoes and run. I gotta get out there. So I started talking to people, eventually normalized it, became completely detached from whether they said yes or no while being present to them. And I found out the reality. Some will, some won't, so what? And someone's waiting. Mm-hmm. If I talk to 10 people, one of them is gonna say, you know what, sounds interesting, I'd like to try it. Mm-hmm. And book an appointment. So if I talk to 20 people, I'd get two appointments which is infinitely more than the zero that I was getting right. by being too cool and right. hiding out inside my karate school. Mm. And if I talked to 30 people, I'd get three appointments. And if I talked to 40 people, I'd get four appointments. That was what I thought would happen. That's not what happened. I talked to 10 people and got zero appointments, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I was already committed. Yeah. I talked to 20 people, I got one appointment. I talked to 30 people, I got six appointments. Yeah, uh huh. Because the fear wears off. Right. You just become casual. You're present, but casual. Yeah. You don't need it. You're genuine. You're you're cool. You're listening. You're matching their body language. 
You talk to 50 people, you set 15 appointments. Yep, yep. It's disproportionate. It's exponential. Exactly, exactly. And then I realized, through experience, if I set 15 appointments, maybe three of them will show. So I just got used to that. Knowing I'm going to go talk to 50 people, 15 will schedule, three will show. Mm-hmm. And then I start thinking, okay, how can I improve the show rate? Oh, let me call them. Oh, let me text them. Let me use their name when I call them. Let me tell them that I've got a parking spot reserved for them. And I'm like all these extra things. And the, the show rate starts going up. And then once they showed, eight or nine out of 10 would enroll. And that was when I got it. I'm choosing to be broke mm. by not getting out there and developing these skills mm. through practice. Not hiding out, not yep. just training, not visualizing, not reading about it. Good Lord. Like, that's such a waste of time. These are all ways to hide out. They're all, it's mental masturbation. Yeah. And you're just like expecting to have a baby when it's really just you and yourself. Like, it's not right. how nature works. Right, right. You gotta get out there and make it happen. And so I just became, I wouldn't say obsessed because I didn't enjoy doing it all the time, but I was committed. Yeah. So I would go out there and talk to people and talk to people and talk to people. And eventually people started getting to know me and I found better places to go. I found that it's better to go to a church where there's like wealthy people mm-hmm. who have families Family, who right. value life skills right. than to go to the mall and avoid the mall cop and run around and try and dodge between cars. So there's, a, there's an environment that is conducive for what you're trying to yep. do. Yep. And all through the whole thing was that, that same feeling of being that eight-year-old kid, like, I need to know. Mm. How do mm. I know? Mm-hmm. How can I know? How can I learn how to know? Mm. And I just feel like, man, this whole thing is done with people. Right. You can, if there are skills you need, somebody has those skills. It's all relationships. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so as a result of that, and, and realizing what actual business I'm in, which is communication, and then the reward is teaching, mm. teaching class, promoting people, training them, working with their families, that's the vacation. Yeah. The job is getting them here. That's amazing. That's such a powerful distinction. And, and, it's, and it makes all the difference. Okay, we, I want to get your your riff on time real quick because I also want to go into this thing on poverty consciousness um, and the addiction to poverty mm-hmm. and so what 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 do you want to say about time the nature of time or like collapsing time in in the context that we're talking about yeah yeah it's, it's a fun fun subject um, I had a, a, a well they've all been really cool I had a particularly memorable DMT experience at Burning Man in 2019. And it wasn't my first time in that realm, either Burning Man or DMT, but it was memorable because I'm in there and there's a very strong masculine character and a very strong feminine female character, but she was kind of on the outside and this dude was like there. Mm. And everything was super intense, hyper visual, almost like too much information to take in. And at the end of showing me whatever they need to show me, Every time, it's always Q and A. It's like, all right, what questions do you have? And I was like, here oh, we that's, go. That's great. It's it's awesome. <laughs> and so I said, yeah. How do you guys make all this stuff? Like you've got, fanta- there's like buildings and there's like it's a whole world. How do you make this? And he kind of laughed, and he said, well, you guys, like humans, he said, you make <coughs> things. You make things that make things. 
huh. which I took to mean like we make factories that make cars. Mm. We make construction equipment that makes buildings. So we make things that make things. He said, we have a different relationship with matter. Mm. We just tell it what we want it to become and it becomes that. I was like, duh, <laughs> of course you do. It seems so obvious. Yeah. He's like, we just have a different relationship with matter. And we just tell we, what we want it to become and it becomes that. And I was like, all right, but who are you? And again, he kind of laughs. He says, well, we are you in what you call the future. Yes, yes, yes. But we don't have time the same way you do. Uh-huh. So for us, it's all happening right now. Right. And I'm like, all right, makes sense. And this is after I'd done the time piercing video or time is an illusion video. And so I'd, I'd already been working on it. Um, but then I'll, it really resonated. It made sense that, there, I mean, this is an audio environment, so I can't sketch it out. But if you were to look at a piece of paper and look at a dot, mm. you just see a dot. But if you were to somehow take the two-dimensional piece of paper and it would become three-dimensional meaning you could turn the paper and actually see what's behind the dot, mm. you'd see a line. Mm-hmm. So if you look at it straight on, it's a dot. Mm-hmm. But if you just turn it, then you see the whole line swing out and now it's a line. Now, if you're looking at that line and you were mm-hmm. to follow this example again and rotate it up, you'd see, oh, it's a square. So like a, a square made of toothpicks from the top just looks like a toothpick. But then you rotate the frame, you're like, oh no, it's a square. But then what if you rotate it again and you see, oh no, it's a cube. Mm-hmm. So every mm-hmm. time you're just adding another dimension. Uh-huh. And that's as far as we can go. Based on per- angles of perception. Yeah. yeah. So if you just look at a dot, it's just a dot. But if it's a line, you don't know it's a line unless you get next to it. And then it's a line. And if you look at a line, it's actually a square. You don't know it's a square until you get on top of it or under it. Mm-hmm. And then you don't know it's a cube until you get around it again. So every time it can be another thing. Interesting. But that's as far as we can go. In our, in our conscious perception because we're in this 3D reality. Right. But the dimensions keep going. And so it made sense to me that just as we can experience, let's say music, for example, and I know this is a weird analogy, but you know, we're here in the house and let's say you know, you're playing that guitar mm-hmm. and but let's say you took that guitar down to the foyer at the bottom of the stairs and you're playing the guitar. I can't see you, but I can hear the music. Right. Because the music isn't a visual mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. form of communication. So it transcends line of sight. Right. I don't need to see you to hear it. Right. And then I could be at the keyboard playing keys, and you wouldn't see me, but we'd both be able to hear the music, and the music would permeate the entire space. Mm-hmm. And let's say, like we, there's literally somebody in the meditation chamber downstairs right now. Mm. Let's say she comes out, and she starts... I don't know, playing the cajon or singing, probably mm-hmm. a better example. She starts singing. So she has a beautiful voice, she's singing. You're down there playing guitar, I'm up here playing piano. The voice, the, the strings and the keys form a song that is heard throughout the entire house, even though we're in three different rooms. So my understanding and my experience is that that's how time works. The house is the present moment. Mm-hmm. The living room is the present, the kitchen is the past, the stairs of the future. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. you can be in three different places, 
someone can be in three different places, still be in the same house, experiencing the same song, but only they're playing one part, they're hearing the rest. Yeah, no yeah, complete sense. What, what came up for me too, and I was riffing on this within my own consciousness, like on like a MDMA journey or something as I do, and I was thinking about Einsteinian or Einstonian physics. Mm -hmm. And, and like all respect to Einstein and his genius, but he was he was more of a Newtonian physicist totally, at the totally. top of his game. Very different than, you know, Nikola Tesla, who is like what we call the, the, the foundation of quantum physics or mm -hmm. a Walter Russell or something. Yep. And his whole thing of like energy travels at the speed of light. I really meditate on that and I realize like, oh, that's a fundamental miscalculation because yeah. energy, like light doesn't actually travel. It just is. Light actually already is. Yep. So that's a, that's a miscalculation. This whole relativity thing yeah. is a, it's a... It's, it's very speciesist. You know, it's very, very human-centric. Right. And it's like, I, and I love that you brought that in. Um, Einstein was asked one time how it felt to be the smartest man in the world and very, very snarky and very sarcastic. He said, I don't know, why don't you go ask Nicola? And Nicola was a fucking gangster. Uh -huh. And he was like, he called Einstein. Um, he said his, his, uh, his theories are like a beggar dressed in purple robes oh. that everybody just looks at and is all dazzled by, but no. That's amazing. Incredible. Incredible. That's incredible. But it also speaks to the programming. Yes. And so, like, what are, what are three shapes that kids, like, what are the first three shapes kids learn in school? Triangle, uh, square, circle. Bam. Those are the ones. Yeah. Why don't we learn a line, a circle, and a spiral? Mm. Line is masculine, circle is feminine, spiral is both. Ah. Why don't we learn that? No, we learn closed shapes. Mm. Mm. And mm. it starts mm. very early. Mm. Then why do we learn about Newtonian physics? Because that keeps the universe done. The apple dropped on his head and it gave me a, give me a break. Yeah. Yeah, great story. Great, great copy. <laughs> but it's like, if, if this was a dumb mechanical universe, right. and humans somehow learn to think, then that means we're dumb also, we're prone to entropy and all this other kind of stuff. But if, mm -hmm. this, is a, if this is a living universe that is conscious of itself, is playing with itself, and that there are aspects of this universe, us, that have the ability to impress into this non-physical reality our thoughts, and the physical reality must birth those thoughts in physical form. Yes. And that means attention is the most powerful force in the universe. And if you are a bureaucrat, a parasite, a politician. Or a scientismist. A scientismist, Science. dogmatic, yeah. religionist, or whatever. Mm -hmm. And your only way of surviving is if you can get people to do what you want. There's too many. You can't control people. But it's easy to control people's attention. Yes. You can be a magician. You can be a hypnotist. You can be an entertainer. Entertain. Entertainment. Entertainment means to fasten. Ment is mind yes. in, in Greek. Enter and hold the mind. Entertainment. And so easy to control people's attention because people are stupid. <laughs> They're also geniuses. Right. But most people unconsciously choose to be stupid. So back to time, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. everything's happening simultaneously. We perceive generally three elements, the past, the present, and the future, except only one of those is real because you can only think about the past right now. Yep. That means the past is only real when you think about it right now. And your nervous system can experience 
the past or the anxiety of the future as if it's happening. Bingo. And that's what most people are dealing with. I'm glad you said that because this idea of like, well, I've been dealing with this thing for 20 years. Bullshit. Bullshit. You've been telling it the same right. way for 20 years. Right. So like I had a fight um, when I was 20 and it or 21 and it was a, one of those no rules fights. It was at this, this nightclub and the guy that I fought was a lot bigger, a lot stronger and his corner had covered him in Vaseline because they knew that I was going to take him down. So there's no rules, so it's like, can't break the rules if there aren't any, but I got my ass kicked. Like, I, for 15 minutes, man, I just ate punches. I couldn't, I took him down, but I couldn't hold on to him. It was super slippery. And at the end of the fight, I had a collapsed lung. Ooh. And it was a, a different story, powerful, powerful night. Um, wouldn't trade it for anything. But for the next couple of days, as I would think about the fight, I could feel my body like, ugh, like I was getting hit again. Yep, the trauma response. Yeah, and I mm -hmm. thought, well, this is bullshit. I want to live my life this way. Mm. So I just went back and I just watched it again from the perspective of like, what would I have done if this would have happened? Yep. You know, what, would, what would I have done if? And I just went back and I just played a whole new timeline. And then also, like, what do I appreciate about this dude? I appreciate mm. the fact that he came in to try and kill me. Because mm -hmm. there's only, the only way that I'm gonna learn is if I'm against somebody who's giving 100%. That's awesome. Yeah. And I just, I mean, he ended up becoming like my partner in, in evolution, mm -hmm. which was, and I really felt love for this dude. And then I felt bad for him because it's like, dude, you know, like, she did. Well, I don't, it wasn't even that. It was mm. actually a very smart move in a no rules fight. Uh, mm -hmm. Like if it would have been legal to just have somebody else in the ring, that would have been a great move too. Mm. If the goal is just to win. Right. So right. I wasn't mad about that. But I felt bad for him because it's like, I knew he didn't have any money. I knew that he uh, mm, was, mm. you know, trying to fight and trying to figure out how to make money. Survive. Fighting. Yeah. So like in my mm. heart really went out to the guy. My point is I kept retelling the story and finding the power in the story, not to justify my suffering. Cause I honestly never suffered. It was ridiculously painful, but it wasn't suffering. Mm. Suffering in my experience, mm. suffering mm. is wishing that something was different. I don't wish it was different. It is. It just is. Mm. But it's going to be what I make. Mm -hmm. This is my story. Mm -hmm. So body, well done. Well done. Left lung, you got a little inflating to do. Come on. Come on. You got it. Like I would talk to my body. And after like two weeks of this recalibration um, of my reality, funny you bring up Einstein because now I teach it and I call it EMC, Empowered Meaning Creation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I just go back to like what's the best thing that happened? And if I can't find one, I'm not looking hard enough. I want to know. I want to know the eight-year-old kid calling the zoo I want to know what's the best possible meaning for this what's the best thing I can create from this what's the best way I can help people from this not from a like oh, I suffered and no let me help you fuck that I'm not a martyr but it's like how can I win mm -hmm. two weeks of that mm -hmm. repeating new neural pathways mm -hmm. body's healing and I would think about the fight and laugh I was like that was an adventure totally Damn, this is gonna make the memoirs look good and it wasn't even possible for me to get back to feeling like a victim, feeling bad, telling the story or getting my ass kicked, none of that was even there. So good. And so, and, I, and I've done that with everything in my life that's been painful and there's been some biblical things as we've all had, mm. but I don't, I don't suffer. Mm -hmm. There's no value. Mm -hmm. There's no value in suffering. So as far as collapsing time, freeing oneself of the practiced suffering, mm. the practiced mm. pain, and just starting to tell a new story and starve the stories that don't feel good when you tell them. Does it feel like to you what I'm getting is the image of like a psychic phantom limb? 
That's a good one. That's what it feels like. Like I'm just from my own experience, like after a breakup and like, you know, the monologue and all the stories, I'm like, this is poison in my veins. It's not relevant to the now. It's certainly not going to empower me to heal and recover. Mm -hmm. And it does feel like it's like a psychic limb that's trying to, that's itching to be scratched. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a, that, that tracks. And, and when we start telling the story that we want to live, not, you know, not lying. You're not going around telling people you're, you know, a billionaire if that's what you want and you're not. Mm. That's, that's messed up. Um, and you don't lie to yourself and say, uh, I'm yes, a billionaire. So, right. No. But if you can remember the past and if everything's happening at the same time, then that means just like the line, the cube, the square. Well, then there has to be more than one timeline. So we're in this timeline and these bodies and this shared reality and you're projecting me right now and I'm projecting you and <laughs> mm-hmm. our projections are meeting on the same mm-hmm. screen. Mm-hmm. And the person listening to this is projecting us into their consciousness so right. that they can right. participate. Mm. We don't perceive reality, we project reality. Reality just, what we call reality is just a mirror of our beliefs. So the universe has to show us what we already believe. It can never show us something we can't believe or we don't believe. So if in this other timeline, you are also going through that breakup right Mm -hmm. now in this perpetual frame, breakup, 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 breakup. Mm -hmm. And then after that, there's like, ah, healing. And then after that, and after that, that dude, that version of you is still having that because your soul can play infinite characters. And I'm the, and right now sitting to you is the version of me that the seed incepted in that version of him knew that he was going to become in this moment. So if it works that way, Mm. it has to work the other way too. Mm. Meaning there's a version of you and everybody listening to this, who is in what we call the future, but for them it's just another day, mm. who's driving the car, living in the house, has the lover, has the body, has the money, has the book, has the TED Talk, or whatever you want to do, mm. and that has become a normal thing, even boring. C- case in point, when I started writing a book, I eventually ended up with a book. Linear process in a certain sense, but I ended up with a book. Yep. So riddle me that. Yeah, yeah, go figure. Yeah. <laughs> Keep having sex or you can have a baby. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you keep writing, you're gonna have a book. Right. You keep posting on social media and keep getting better mm. and better and better, you're mm. gonna develop a following. Like mm. you keep talking to people about helping them solve their problems, you'll get really good at solving problems. Then you realize you can't help somebody more than they're willing to help themselves. Mm. So then you're like, cool, we can fix this for you. How much is this problem costing you right now? Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, it's costing me everything. Great. Can we put a number on that? How much does it cost you? How much have you spent on whatever? Drinking, hookers, mm. whatever. And it's no judgment, but it's like those things are expensive. So how much have you spent? Do you, does that bring you joy? Do you feel bad about it? Are you ready to change it? Mm. If you're not ready to change it, then don't change it. Mm. Go, mm. go harder. Like, enjoy it. Like, mm. have, a, have a fucking Hunter S. Thompson, Bukowski. Like, go for it, man. Don't hold back. But don't lie to yourself. But don't lie to yourself and say that you don't want to do it when you actually do. Be shameless. You're creating a schism yeah. inside yourself. As long as you're not harming somebody else. Yeah. Do no harm, take no shit, especially yeah. from yourself. So if you're not harming anybody and you don't want to stop, then don't. Try, like, set some new levels. Like, mm. have a, like, a Charlie Sheen moment. Like, go out there and actually experience it. If you actually want to do that. Yeah. Right. And if you don't, mm-hmm. then you're probably trying to use this to cope with something. There you go. So what do you actually want instead? And they're like, I want an intimate, loving relationship. I want stability. Got it. Cool. So when do you want that by? Do you want it by... Christmas? Do you want it by Thanksgiving? Do you want it by your birthday? Dang, yeah. When well, do you want it? Well, that's that's confronting. It is. 
Because then people are like, uh, well, uh, 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 and they realize you're inviting them to specificity. And here's the way it works. Uh, and this is uh, like, yeah. not, not to make it a full-blown sales training. No, it's, this is great. But when you're, when you're, and this is for all the people in the wisdom economy, if you're helping people for a living and you get paid to help people solve their problems and feel better and get in alignment and all those things, when, when you meet with a potential client, one of two things is going to happen. They will bring you to their level of confusion <laughs> or you will bring them to your level of clarity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and one of two things is going to happen. So if you say, when would you like that relationship by? And they say, I don't know. You say, I've got it. So I guess there's nothing more for us to talk about. Because mm. I work with people who know what they want. Mm. And if you don't know what you want, I'm not for you. And they're like, well, I'd really like to have it by Christmas because being lonely at Christmas sucks. Got it. So Christmas. So if you, if you find, if you attract this partner or you become the person for whom having this partnership is totally normal and that happens by Christmas, then that would be an awesome thing. They're like, yes. They're like, great. Now, this confronts a lot of people in the, in the helping space, coaching space, because a lot of people don't know actually how to get great results. Mm. They know how to have great conversations. Mm. They know how to, how to make people feel good but they don't know how to help them get the actual result, which I see is a competence gap. Okay. If I were to talk to somebody back in the martial arts days and I'd be like, all right, go sign people up. You can do it. They might go out, but they're going to get out there and get killed. Totally. Reject it. Soccer mom's going to eat them for breakfast. Baby (laughs) on her hip. If you're like, ah, leave me alone. Don't try and sell Uh me anything. And they'll come back. Just gut it. Yeah. But if I say, here's how you approach, here's exactly what you say. Here's how your body language needs to be. Let's train on it over and over again until mm-hmm. that's the only thing they know how to do. Now I've helped them get the result. Competence equals confidence. It does. It does. Yeah. Exactly. So if somebody says, for example, I want to be in a relationship by Christmas and the provider, the, the coach, the, the, the helper, the guide is excellent at giving them what they need to get that result, then that person shouldn't have any problem saying, let's do it. And here's what it looks like. And here's the, here's the protocol we're going to go through. Don't take a long time. Explain it in like 90 seconds. Here's what we're going to do. And we can get started right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the investment is this much. Yep. And, and let's do it. Mm-hmm. And then the person's going to have to work through all the rest of their resistance. And that's really where the work actually begins. And that's when the sale that's actually starts. That's when the starts. real, yeah. Yeah. Right. And sale, I, when I, I say sale, and we, and we all think we know what that means, I read it in my mind as S-A-I-L. You're setting sail. Say, uh, like love, you're about oh, to go on a journey great. with this person. Totally. Like yeah, you, yeah, it's yeah, like you're yeah, on the yeah. boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the sail's there. We're about to open the sail. Are you going to join us on this journey that's going to where you say you want to go? Mm. Or do you want to stay on the dock and just with your in your hands and just like, do-do-do? Like we're going on the journey. And if it's not going to be you, it's going to be the next person in line because I'm talking to 18 people today. Yeah. But I only have room for three people. And I want to help the person who really wants it. I yeah. think that's you. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. they're like, well, I need to think about it. Totally understand you need to think about it for like two, three days or like two, three years. So continued specificity yes. to create accountability. With empathy, with yes. compassion because right. they're scared. Most no people, forcing, no pushing, no, none of that stuff. No, none. But you continue to ask them, what do you want? Like, mm. I want for you what you want for you. Bingo. That, that, is, a, that is a godly perspective. It is. Because if you really think of like God as like the quote unquote proverbial father, like God is infinitely patient and unconditionally loving. And it gave us the 
the gift of free will. Mm -hmm. So we can choose to believe in God or not. Mm -hmm. It doesn't change God. Mm -hmm. It's just that's unconditional love and infinite patience. That is the greatest gift that you can give someone. I think that's a very useful perspective. Mm. Yeah. And so if the person that we're going to help is having all this resistance and they're like, well, I need to talk to my partner. Great. Let's get them on the phone right now. Yes. Well, I'm going to talk to them and then talk to you. Okay. And what is it that you feel you need to talk to them about that we can't resolve here right now while we're both here to, to answer these questions? Well, and they could just go on and on and on. Eventually, it'll come down to who's more committed to transformation. Mm-hmm. If they're not committed to transformation, then that's totally fine. But our job, I believe, mm-hmm. is to help people get clear mm-hmm. about what the choice actually is. Mm-hmm. It's not a choice of... Um, are you going to work with me or not? It's a choice of, are you going to keep being miserable or are you going to do something about it? Yeah. And if there's somebody else, and I've said this to more than a few people, if there's somebody else that you think is more qualified to help you solve this problem, I'll stay on the phone with you while you call them. Wow. Wow. I just want you to get past this shit and stop lying to yourself. Mm. But if you get off the phone right now, you are actively deciding to perpetuate the cycle. <sighs> And I'm sure you don't just spend all day just like getting on sales calls with people for information. Like you're trying to solve a problem. Right. If I'm going to actually get on the call, I'm on the call already. Mm-hmm. So whether it's a, it translates into an enrollment or not, I'm already on the call. I'm already with you. So we better, yeah. I want you to get something out of yes. this. Yes. And for the provider, we have to know that there is nothing on the planet better than our stuff. 100%. For that person at that time, it's like you are their only hope. One hundred. And, and a lot of times that's, that's, the case, that's the case too. So all of that, that little rant and sales training and all that kind of stuff, you feel the energy yeah. of like, like there's probably people listening to this and be like, damn, I'm going to get on some calls. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the point. And that's how you collapse time. With anything in your life, by the way. Everything. This is applicable to anything. Everything. Everything. Dude, I was so socially awkward. I couldn't talk to girls the same mm-hmm. way. And, but I got tired of it. Yeah. I got tired of being broke. I got tired of being lonely. I got tired of being, uh, feeling bad about my body because I'm 6'3", 145 pounds. I stopped. I just got tired of feeling like shit. Mm. I got tired of thinking I don't have a purpose. Mm. I got tired of being depressed. I got tired of, of all of those things. And to the point where I'm like, shit, if I can figure out how to find out the name of that fucking snake by calling the <laughs> zookeeper. Something so non-applicable to your totally. life. Like if an eight-year-old can find the number in the phone book yeah. and call, I think I can figure out like how to get over my anxiety. I think I can figure out how to make money. Because mm. where does money come from? It doesn't come from alignment, like everybody in the spiritual community says. It doesn't come from hustle, like all the sad, suffering, you know, <laughs> Lamborghini <laughs> crowd. Like, that's not where money comes from. Money comes from other people's bank accounts. 100%. That's the only place money comes from in the wisdom economy. So then the trick is, it's not a trick, but the game is, how do you get the money to move from their account to your account yeah. and have them feel excited about it? Yes. So the farm that, or the, the property story, which I was telling you about, I committed to buying the property and I didn't have the money. But I told the guy who bought it or I, I was buying it from, I said, give me a week or 10 days to move some money around. And he's like, done. So I signed the letter of intent 
Mm. And I had 10 days to come up with a hundred thousand. And that puts you kind of contractually. I'm, I'm in. So you're, so if the, if you're not able to, there's uh, some sort my, of penalty. My, my integrity and my credit and my, like oh. I'm, I'm fucked if I don't do that. Wow. And more than anything, I broke my word. Mm. So I tell this dude and I look him in the eye and we shake hands. I will get you, I'll, I'll get you the money. I just need to move the money around. What I didn't tell him is I was moving it from other people's accounts into mine. But it's not hard to do. Mm. Now, if some people hear that and they're like, oh my God, that sounds manipulative. Well, if you're good at what you do, mm -hmm. and if what you do helps people, and if the help that they're getting, the, so the solutions to their problems are more valuable than the money, which by the way, money always replenishes, it always comes back, there's tons of it out there. Somebody right now could jump online and apply for a dozen credit cards and, and get whatever money they need for whatever they really decide they want. Mm -hmm. So money is not the issue. Mm. In South Korea, back in you know decades ago, they, they had something called the loan circle. Mm. And communities, families would get together regularly and they would just say, all right, who's got the best idea? And they would all decide who's got the best idea for a business. And they would all pool whatever resources they had and they would give the money to that person. And then that person would go off and start a business, and most of the time it would succeed, then they would pay everybody back with interest and they'd find the next person. It's called the loan circle. Then, if you really believe in what you're doing as a coach or provider, then it should be easy to convey the value of what someone is gonna experience and how good they're gonna be and the relationship they're gonna be in, the body they're gonna have, enough for them yes. to say to their friends, hey man, I have the chance to work with this person. They're guaranteeing the work. Their reputation's incredible. I really vibe with them and it's expensive. But you know what? I'm gonna do something for myself for once. I'm gonna stop making everybody else more important. I'm gonna do this for myself, but wow. I need help and I'm asking you because I think you would do the same thing for me. Mm. Can I borrow 5,000 bucks mm -hmm. or whatever? And you get over the fake pride and all this other right, shit right. and you just make it happen. Right. That's how you create change. Mm. And that's how you collapse time. Because that's how you have, I mean, I, I did talk to my dad for the loan because I know he loves helping out. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, hey dad, Bank of Elder's still open? And he's like, how much you need? I'm like, 30 large. And he's like, got you. I said, usual interest rate? He's like, yep. So they were <laughs> so, right, right. Yeah. So he, okay. it meant a lot to him to loan me 30,000. And you knew there was something for something important. Yeah, I told him all about it. I told him the vision of the property. Mm -hmm. He's like, no problem. Then I went to work to create $70,000 in 10 days. I had no idea how I was going to do it. No idea. But it's just an idea. Mm. First thing I had to do was change the fear that I felt. Because mm. money and fear don't get along very well. No, they don't. So I was like, all right, I've been here before. I actually put myself here all the time because I love how creative I get. Mm. So I'm going to go to the future where I'm already on the land. I'm walking on the land. I got clients out there. I got people out there. I got a beautiful woman out there or women and just like in the zone. And I put myself there and I see it. I'm like, cool. Done. Connected that timeline. It's already there. I'm seeing that what's, what's real. I'm getting a memory of the future. My future self is already walking that property and remembering me going, good job, bro, you did it. Then I went to the near future of like an hour from now. What's the idea? I know there's a good idea about to land. What do people want? What do people need? What do I love to do? What am I good at? What do people want? What do they need? What am I really good at? What do I want to do? What do they want? What do they need? What am I really good at? What do I want to do? Does it all align? Bam! 
ideas start coming in fast and curious, like, oh, this one, this one, this one, this one, Facebook post, DMs, da 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 da. And it was like inviting people to a kick ass party. Mm. It wasn't selling anything. Mm-hmm. It was like, I got this thing, it's gonna be awesome, there's only this many spots. Now that sounds a little markety, but it's just conscious communication. Conscious communication. Next thing you know, 70K in the bank, 30 for my dad, wow. got a cashier's check, or wired the money, and, and it was a done deal. And I bought, bought the property on a handshake, no banks, mm. just me and this mm. dude, old mm. school guy. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. fucking awesome. And since then, have built this farm by having this incredible team. Um, we've had an amazing team leader who's on the project for a couple of years, and then he developed a team, and now we have uh, Darren is, is the manager of the farm. Orion Black was the original guy. He lives up in Washington. He's, he's like a young Gandalf of permaculture, like the dude is a wizard. Um, if anybody's interested in looking up, like developing permaculture and, and regenerative, self-sustaining farming, look up Orion Black on uh, mm. Facebook. The dude is next level. Mm-hmm. And then he trained. Darren is already great in his own right. But Darren now manages it. And my point in saying all of that is, I don't need to know how it's going to happen. Okay. I just know that it is happening. So right. I've learned not to censor myself right. and use logic to interrupt the thing. Logic is an app, but it's not the OS. Mm. We are in this mm. beautiful, perfect, complete universe that mm-hmm. is also completely evolving. But it's evolving in response to our individual requests. So when I say it's done, it's fucking done. Wow. It's done. Mm. That's it. Mm. I don't have to make anything else happen. It's on its way. That means when this interview's over, I'm going to open up my phone and I'm going to see a request for somebody who's going to want to do a private client day. Or it means that I'm going to get an idea for my next webinar. Or it means that I'm going to remember the person that I kind of forgot to reach back to who's been bugging me to work together. Mm. Or I'm going to get an... There's no shortage of ideas. Yeah. It's just the, it's just the firewall. Yeah. It's a firewall problem. You just, it's, it's an atrophy problem. Uh, mm-hmm, if, if mm-hmm. you're not like like you can kick yeah. I've seen you move and, and train if somebody has not trained on how to kick like you can kick then they can't kick like you no matter how much they want to right good luck right but you've put in the reps I've just put in the reps on how to make money and I'm not saying like I mean I make good money I only make what I want to make I don't want to make a billion dollars because you don't want the responsibility because that's the other I don't piece. want the complexity right well that's the other piece of this too that I think comes up is whether it's conscious or subconscious is there's an inherent responsibility or complexity that that manifests with more energy. It can. Okay. It doesn't. It's not automatic. Okay. There are people who are running phenomenally successful, mm. multiple hundreds of employees who've got absolute simplicity dialed in. Mm-hmm. So it's not there. There. It's you know. It's not. There's no causality there. Got it. What I've decided is that my number one currency is time. And so for me to have as much time as I want to do whatever I want and the money to not be stuck creatively, yes, that's all I want. Mm. Because I'm not here on this planet to make money and I'm not on this planet to change lives. Mm. I'm here to be me. Mm. <laughs> I'm here to be just me. Yeah. Nothing more, nothing less. And as a result of that, the byproduct is helping people and the byproduct is making money. And sometimes the byproduct is pissing people off. And sometimes the byproduct is, oh, I'm eating top ramen today. Cool. You're having fun with the whole process. I'm playing a game with the universe because I am the universe. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm just playing a game with everybody, and everybody's playing a game with me. I know that you have a hard stop. Yeah. I don't know exactly when that is. I wanted to bring in this thing around poverty consciousness. Yeah. So 
or we could talk about wealth consciousness. Well, let's let's which bring is that the antithesis. Right. So let, let's bring that in that model yeah. real quick, wherever yeah. we can go with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Being broke is a sin. It's an absolute crime. Kind of feels like it. It is. That's why it feels bad. Because mm. you're violating the your shame own, and your, the guilt and integrity. all that yeah. shit. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like if somebody's out of integrity um, and not participating in the lushness of this of this world, and they feel bad because of it, as they should. Just like if you put your hand in hot boiling water, your body's gonna be like, hey, bad idea. When there's so much money circulating in the world, which yeah. I realize some people don't believe that, or some people believe that the billionaires have it all or whatever, mm-hmm. that's fine. You're free to believe that. It's not true, but it's true for you if that's what you believe. But you're gonna feel like shit. That's your comfy blanket. Yeah, you're gonna feel bad. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like your hair shirt, you know? It's like your, your medieval torture device, right. but it's one that you know. And you'll feel bad about it, as you should. Because when you do things that are not good for you, your body gives you a signal of pain. 100%. So being broke sucks. It's not fun. But then people have to confront, is this a signal that's trying to tell me this is not good for me? Mm. Or can I find other ways to, to dull that pain by going and protesting the evil corporations who are the reason why me and all my, my allies my rebel force are all broke. No, you're broke because you want to be broke. And being a protester doesn't pay. It makes you more of a victim. Yeah, you can't make something go away by screaming at it and pointing. You can get attention, but like, then what? Mm. At the end of the day, then what? I used to, I've been to a ton of protests and there, there really is no individual empowerment in a group of disempowered individuals. Yeah. Like it just doesn't work that way. So. We live in a lush universe where you can have an idea that can turn into something if you've got the state and the skill. Most people um, have lots of reasons why they can't do it when all it takes is one idea to get you moving forward. And sometimes that idea is to go take a walk. Sometimes that idea is just go, like actually chill out for a minute, like actually go meditate. Sometimes it's just go and, and like, ask somebody to pay you just for the experience of it. Mm. Sometimes it's just the experience of getting quote unquote rejected. You can never actually get rejected, but go experience the, the you know, perception of, of it, it yeah. and then realize you're not dead mm. and think, wow, if I just kept this up, eventually somebody's going to say yes. Mm-hmm. And then I'll be over my self-imposed. Like that thing going, just go talk to the girl. Right. Just right. go talk to her. hundred percent, hundred percent. And yeah, she might slap you. She might splash water in your face. She might call the cops if you're, have a super rapey, creepy vibe. She should. But if you've got a good intention right. and you're pure, you're going to learn. Yeah. And you're going to keep learning. And you're going to keep learning. So poverty consciousness is institutionally programmed. Mm-hmm. People are taught to um, both glorify money and demonize it. So then this sets up this, this, this uh, Stockholm syndrome that people have with their captors, <laughs> the government and taxes and all that, those other illusions. And what ends up happening is we're herd animals. So everybody just herds together and it's like, oh my God, can you believe the taxes? It's like, cool. But that's not gonna feel right for the empowered individual. The empowered individual, those conversations are gonna sound like nails on a chalkboard. And they'll find themselves avoiding those conversations at the water cooler, at the you know, carpool, yeah. um, when, it, when they're on the bus, going to work. 
they're going to find themselves unable to participate in those conversations, not even able to hear those conversations. And instead, they're going to put in their AirPods or their headphones or just their old school Walkman that they bought for $5 on mm -hmm. eBay. And they're going to listen to some old, beat-up Jim Rohn tape. That was exactly me as a teenager in my early 20s. Same, exactly dude. that. Same. Same. Yeah. And you start putting good stuff into your mind. And you displace all those crappy tracks. And it takes time, which is cool. What else are you going to do? Right. And like a year from today, anybody that's listening to this, if you've got the brains to listen to this and you've got the material affluence to have a device to hear these words that Ronnie and I are sharing then you have literally everything you need to make as much money as you want. Yeah. The rest yeah. is all internal. Right. So poverty consciousness, it's fashionable, but it's an ego trip, massive ego trip, especially in the spiritual community. It's really, it's, it's truly an addiction. Yeah, it like, is. It is. You go to like the psycho spirit, like at the psycho spiritual level. Yeah. It's truly an impoverishment of the soul. Right. People, when you, when you have money and it's uh, what my friend, Dr. Jack Charles Aloka would call authentic money. Mm. when you are making authentic money money that is a, a fair exchange for your unique self-expression that's my description of it but he, he coined the definition when you are making authentic money then every dollar euro whatever foreign currency you get is sacred because it's you naturally receiving the input that is the perfect mirror of your output. Mm -hmm. And so there's no moral friction. If people hate what they do or they suck at it yeah. and they're going to feel bad about getting money from it, they should feel bad. If you're, if, you, if you're a halfway honest person. Right. Exactly. If you suck at what you do and you don't think you can help people get results, then you shouldn't ever take money from somebody. Mm -hmm. if, if you think that what you're doing, even if you're good at it, is not good for people, and you feel bad about getting money, you should feel bad about that. But if what you do is good, if it helps people, then feeling bad about that is like punching yourself in the face. And everybody's like, why are you punching yourself in the face? You're like, because it feels so good when I stop. I'm like, why are you doing that? I'm like, don't, just stop it. That is like, that is a classical addiction depiction right mm -hmm. there. Wow. Mm -hmm. So being okay with receiving money, mm -hmm. knowing that you're helping people, well, then it's like you can wake up every day ready to help people mm. and knowing that if you help others and you're not helping yourself, then you are lying because you're demonstrating a false premise that you can give something you don't have. And that's, that's lying. So stop lying. Give what you have. Receive what you need. And it's this luscious cycle that just keeps going and going and going. And there's no end to it. Mm. And since it's literally an idea mm. and you don't like, and we already said it earlier, but descriptions are what drive revenue. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The, the, how well you describe something is what determines how much money you're making. Yeah. And that's your brand, your image, your look, your communication. That's what determines how much money you get. Mm -hmm. What determines how much you keep and your reputation. Reputation is what creates your uh, your competence and your reputation just become this sort of gravitational field. Mm. But you have to have the communication side. Mm -hmm. And so for people listening to this, if you're in the wisdom economy, like just decide you're going to master how to have a conversation. Mm -hmm. Go, go and, and talk to five clients and say, hey, when we first started working together, 
I know you were dealing with this and that and that and that. Based on what you did after our work and what, what we created together, how much would you have paid? And they tell you, hopefully it's more. If it's not, then you say, great, how could I have improved? Mm. And then you do service recovery and you're like, you know what, I'll work extra with you or whatever. That's actually amazing. I never thought about that. Yeah. Well, it's, it's the line, the, the square, the, you know, you uh-huh. get around the side, you're like, oh, okay. And it's also playing any game. You play any game enough, you master all the levels, and then you get bored of the levels, and you're like, all right, what's the next level? So anybody listening to this, you could go and, and make a Facebook post, and let's say you get three likes. So then you look at the likes, and you see if they're not like total mutants, then you can just be like, hey, this person actually looks like somebody I could help. Then you message them, and you say, hey, I know you got a ton of people out there you could follow, I saw your like, I'm honored by it. Like, thanks for, for being on my page. Don't ex- I don't expect any response. I know you're busy, but just want to say thanks. Who the fuck does that? Nobody, Nobody. does that. Nobody. And guess how much it cost? Nothing. It cost five seconds. Yeah. Not knowing what to do and not knowing how to do it will cost you your entire life. Whoa. It will cost you every dollar you should have made and didn't because you either didn't know what to do or were too chicken to do it. Once you know what to do and then you got the guts to do it, there are no more excuses. Reality bends to your will. Mm. But that idea, make a post, get three likes, great. See you know, who's who. Message only the people that you think you might be able to help and give them that exact message. If you guys are listening to this, go back and do, do those exact words. Like, don't make it up. Creativity is very expensive. Everybody's trying to be creative. Don't be creative. Mm. Like, mm. When, when I was learning to play keyboard, which I'm still learning, but I didn't sit down and go, all right, here's my song. I don't know how to play a fucking instrument. Then I would be retarded to think I'm just going to sit down and like make up a song when I don't even know the instrument. So what I do, I put on Van Halen's jump and I was like, nope, nope. I ran out of mistakes until I found the note. And then I was like, all right, there's more music on the song that I'm making. Let me find the rest of the music. And then after a whole summer, it was like, now I could play that song which meant I could play the instrument. Eventually I made up, started making up my own songs. But that's where people mess up in the wisdom economy. They're good at what they do, their communication sucks, and they try and get creative with their communication. Mm. And I've had hundreds of people try and fight me on this. I don't even fight them anymore. They're just like, well, the way that I say it is this. I'm like, how many sales did you make last week? They're like, none. Then shut up. Yeah. Like right. literally shut up. Yeah. Well, I love you, but shut up. Because mm. your <clears throat> illusion, your fantasy, that your uniqueness is somehow your, your incredible amount of incompetence at communicating that you're somehow going to eventually become so incompetent that the universe will go, all right, he's had enough. Send in the millions. And <laughs> That's that, not how it works. And, and just like stop us as soon as you need to stop. But like that just brings up this piece around integrity. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like integrity and there's multiple angles and dimensions to the word integrity. Integrity means integration. So somatically, mm-hmm. if you're out of integrity, mm-hmm. then your nervous system will register oh. that as a stress response. So and then we use external coping mechanisms to numb or medicate that internal tension that we don't understand the downstream effect of it. So it's just anxiety. It's Preach depression. it, Ronnie. You know, it's like that. That's really like the body of work that I that I really teach when it comes to addiction and yep. self mastery is understanding, like everything does come down to integrity. Yeah. But it's not just a moral framework. Mm-hmm. There certainly is that aspect for sure, but that's unique to the individual. But like somatically, starting with the body, 
perception, the body awareness. And then what you just brought up was interesting, like a, like a, like a third dimension to that, which is the universe, God, life, source, is not going to, it's going to match your level of development. Every so second you, of every day. Right? That's what I got from that. But the, the universe is a mirror, and it's not real. Um, <laughs> Thank you for that, too. Yeah. I mean, it's as real as we make it, which mm -hmm. is still pretty real. Um, but there's so many, man, there's so many dimensions. And I don't give a fuck about any of them. I like this one. So all I care about is this one. True. Um, maybe that will change. But when, when we see something, it's only because we believe it. That's it. And that's, that's a really, that's a powerful one to sit with. Yeah. Oh yeah. Or just believe something different. And what's mm. a belief? It's just a thought you keep thinking. Right. It's a thought that has, has gravity, has momentum. This is, um, you guys can't see this, but I have a metal sphere in my hand and it's about three inches in, uh, in diameter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's heavy. It's heavy. Right. You wouldn't expect. There's something it's like as big as a baseball yeah there's but gravity like nine to this. pounds oh wow it's pure tungsten wow like how cool is that so it's not that big but it's dense mm, mm -hmm. this is how beliefs work oof, oof. it's the same size like a thought that we use words to describe yeah. let's say the thought is I'm gonna have 100k a month it's just a thought if it's a new thought then it's very weak so it's like a ball of tinfoil. Mm. But if you keep thinking the thought, you just add another layer of tinfoil, another layer. It gets a density to it. And then, yeah, you come up against reasons why, oh, I can't do that. And you're like, wait, is that real? No, that's old. Get the fuck out. And you're like, I'm going to have 100K a month. I'm going to have 100K a month. How do I do it? I don't know. Oof. I don't want that spell. Oh, I don't want that one either. Mm. Ah, I don't want that one either. I don't want that one. And you're like, damn. Yeah, yeah. You're so good at cursing shit. So let me stop cursing stuff. Instead... Instead, let me talk about what I want and only what I want. I think 100K a month would be awesome. Yeah, that's, that's, ooh, that's true. Mm. 100K a month. All right, how much do I have coming in? $87. Cool. So that's a difference of you know $99,913. Cool. So these are just numbers. They don't have any meaning. I can feel the momentum of meaning that I've assigned to it in the past, but that was old. Now this is a fresh moment. These are just numbers, 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 number, 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 and number, and number, and number. They are meaningless, mm. meaningless. Mm. So you just say the number so much until it loses all emotion. Then, and it takes about an hour, then when it loses all emotion, now you can get into the, the details. Okay, what level do I feel good collecting at as a coach, as a healer? $99? No. A billion dollars? No. Somewhere in between. Yeah. What feels right? 5K? Oof. Ah, that's a stretch. I don't know. But I can get there. 5K, 5K, 5K. All right. 5K. Oh, shit. 20 people at 5K. Can I help 20 people? Yes. Five one-on-one, -on -one, 15 in a small group environment. Damn, where'd those words come from? I must have been listening to Ronnie and Jesse talk. And it's new thoughts that take no more effort to, to speak or think and every time you do yeah. it, you add another layer of density and density and density. The next thing you know, you're so inspired, you're jumping on Facebook Live going, hey guys, I just got this idea and I realize I've been sitting on this, that's my bad, but here we are. Here's what I do, here's who I do it for, 
if this is you and you've got some issues and you've got a challenge and you want to overcome it and you're tired of fucking around, then I can help you. Mm. In fact, I will put my shit up against anybody on the planet. And if you're mm. watching this mm. right now, that means I'm your only hope. <laughs> so either admit to yourself that you love being where you're at or hit me up on the DMs. By the way, I've only got room for three people. So if you hit me up and you're like number four plus, I don't know what to tell you. Like you're just out of alignment today. <laughs> oh shit. Then all these fake ass spiritual people will be like, oh, I just wouldn't say it that way. I'm like, I know, that's why you're broke. Which is cool. It's a cool evolutionary experience to be broke. Yeah. I've been there so many times. It's a developmental stage. It's a beautiful developmental stage, but yeah. none of us wear diapers anymore either. Right. So it's like, you can grow out of that. That's exact, you know, as a nutritionist who gave like hundreds of lectures over the years, one of the analogies I would give, you know, as far as eating junk food and all that. I just, I just stand up in front of everyone I'm like, look, you know, the thing is I'm not, I, when I was a kid, I went to McDonald's, I went to the drive-through, I got the, the toy and everything, McDonald's. but I'm an adult now. I don't eat junk food. I don't play in the sandbox. It was great when I was a little kid, right. but I'm an adult now. Right. I don't do that anymore. Right. right. And the same thing with being broke. Yeah. So where does money come from? In our economy, it comes from other people's bank accounts. That money moves the moment we create more value for them than the money is worth. If the money's in their hands, that is not as valuable as getting the result that they want. Which by the way, hiring a coach is not a result. It's a means mm. to an end. Nobody wants a coach. Nobody wants a coach. <laughs> nobody wants a fucking protocol. Nobody wants the blueprint. Nobody wants the mad nobody wants the system. They want what they hope and the believe so that, will get that will get them. Yeah. And that's where most people just don't know how to speak. In other words, it's not about you. It's not about you at all. Yeah. At don't all. make it about you. At all. It's 100% about them. Mm. There's a program that I'm teaching now that, that kicked off a week and a half ago. It's called Freedom Teachers Academy. And that was the theme of the session today is that if people aren't buying your stuff, it's because they just aren't seeing exactly what they want. Mm. And mm. so if you don't learn how to say what they want and give them what they want, they're not going to buy from you. But the second, and I mean the second, you put the words with, with congruent energy, you put those words in front of them, you become flooded with inquiries. Because people are like, ah, oh, I saw your post and uh, I want to talk to you. Mm -hmm. And then you got to learn how to have that conversation, which is a very learnable skill. You can learn in an hour how to have that conversation. But these are skills. And once people really get it, that the state and the skill, state, the belief, skill is the behavior, state, skill, but uh, belief and behavior, mm. that's it. Yeah. There's nothing outside of that. And then it's just a math problem. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This many calls, this many messages, these many emails per day, and eventually that, that hockey stick curve, and here's what happens. And I get, I, it's every time, and I, I've had some people give me shit for like speaking this openly for free. They're like, dude, you're violating the law of coaching. It's like people don't value what they're not paying for. I'm like, fuck that. That's, I don't care. Uh, that's not true at all. It, 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 I think it's situationally true. Sure. And, sure, you, sure. and you can't give what you don't have. Like if I, if I wasn't in a good spot, I couldn't ethically say Which is, which is they're, they're buying time with you. Mm -hmm. Well, they're buying the result that the time gets. R right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which at the end of the day, like in my business, in that business is selling money at a discount. You know, you give me $25,000 and you're going to make like 2 million. Mm -hmm. Like that's a, I'll take that investment all day long. Mm -hmm. And I feel great about that because I know what happens for somebody on the other side of that training. 
just like when somebody comes and works with you, you know what happens if somebody goes through your protocol. Yes. And they get their brain cleaned up, they get a dopamine reset, and all of a sudden they're seeing the world like with more of their capacity. You help defrag their system. Everybody's like, oh my God, you've got this energy and this glow, and you look younger, mm-hmm. and you're so hot, mm-hmm. and whatever. What the fuck? What is that worth? It's priceless. Priceless. But let's just put a good price on it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's how that's it works. so good. That's so good. This is so inspiring. I know you gotta you got to switch off. You have a client coming up. Um, a call coming up. You have a call coming up. So... Um, what is one final kind of uh, crescendo ribbon that you would you would tell people to land the plane for them right now? Yeah, there, there's basically three doors that everybody's choosing to go through every day mm. when it comes to their growth. Um, door number one is after you're exposed to new information. Door number one is to just do nothing with that information, and that's honestly the door that most people choose. So they watch a YouTube video, they hear a podcast like this one, uh, they watch a webinar, they, they read a book, and they get this new information. And there's so many clues about what to do next, and they do nothing. Yeah. And they get whatever, scared, I don't know. And then, they, then they're, like that timeline collapses and they just keep repeating. And that's honestly what most people do. Door number two is they're exposed to new information and they're like, all right, got it. So I'm now gonna work this into my life. I'm gonna make 20 minutes of reading in the morning. I'm gonna meditate, I'm gonna do it. And they take the self-study route, Mm -hmm. which is Mm -hmm. to like figure it out on their own. Mm -hmm. Especially after a conversation like this, because there's a lot of new information, you said it's very inspiring, and people get empowered, but it's a temporary empowerment. Because then they leave and they start to forget. And then they gotta go back and hear it again. But it's not a relationship. Mm. You're not getting coaching. Yes. You're not having a mentor guide you and, and do real-time critiques. And, but that's door number two. That's why the, the personal development industry is a billion-dollar-a-day industry. Um, billion-dollar-a-day? Personal development, aftermarket education, consulting, coaching, um, speaking, books, how-to. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Um, and, it, and it's just beginning, man. So like once people actually start to realize in mass how stupid the school system is, like no right. healthy person is ever going to put their kids right. in a school like mm-hmm. ever and I don't mean disrespect for those of you that have your kids in school just be a great fucking parent and but watch what they're trying to teach you yeah. watch what they're trying to teach your kids yeah. or spend, see if you can spend a day in school with your kids you won't be able to right nothing weird about that yeah anyway right. anyway <laughs> different podcast <laughs> yeah yeah but door number three is get a time machine mm. get, a, get somebody who's been there Get a team of people where this conversation is normal and you will collapse time because we're social creatures. Yeah. And we, it's, a, it's natural to want approval. Just be careful about whose approval you're getting. Right. When your broke-ass friend is like, uh, I uh, really don't like the way you did your, your last Facebook post. Like, what? I wasn't talking to you. Right. But, you, 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 it, was, but it was spiritual. Like, yeah, but I was talking to like, wealthy spiritual people, not broke spiritual people. But I'm broke because because I used to be Genghis Khan and I was super it's wealthy. My karma. Now I have to atone for it. No, you were wealthy in that life because in that life you were a badass. You're broke in this life because here you're kind of a pussy. You're, you're like experiencing weak. the contrast. Yeah, so like fix yourself. <laughs> That's why I'm not talking to you. That's I thought we were friends. We're totally friends for the time being. But like level the fuck up. Right. <laughs> why are you talking to me this way? Because I love you. Yes. Because I don't want to see you punching yourself in the face because it feels good when you stop. 
Mm. Like, let's just cut this shit out. Mm. This is where I'm going. You want to go? Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. Like Ferris Bueller. You know, it's like you gotta like, make something happen. Right. And some people won't make the ride, yeah. which is fine. But that's the the only way that I've seen that works. Um, that and just massive commitment to repetition. But your shortcut, your repetition, you decrease by you know a factor of a hundred if you've got the right information, the right guidance, the right coach. So that's not a pitch for me because I'm like. I'm honored and I'm blessed to be able to say this today. I have way more people that want to work with me than mm. I have space. Mm. But there's so many great coaches out there. So follow the people that resonate and buy from them. Like that's yeah. the bottom line. And I realize this is not all for coaches, but the actions are still the same. Yeah. You, you're always attracting who you are. So you want to have more committed, badass, awesome, fun-loving, creative people in your life? Be more committed, Bingo. badass, fun-loving, creative. Like be that. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Well, where can people find out about you, follow you, and also purchase your courses and programs, especially if this is really resonating with them and they, they're on this path or they want to endeavor into this path? Um, Instagram, Time Piercer. Uh, Facebook, too, for some reason. Like, I, uh, sometimes going, I'm like, you know? who's on Facebook? And I'm like, oh, shit, all you people. Right. So, uh, yeah, Facebook, Jesse Elder. I've got a couple of page, personal page, you know, like a, I guess, brand page, they call it. And then um, Instagram, and then there is, I do have a program kind of in the laboratory right now that I've been getting a lot of inspiration to teach again, and it's a lot around this stuff. So it's, okay. it's called Wealth Frequency Upgrade, and it's- Because I'm because I, I, I want to get into this program, these programs, like this, that, this, awesome, this is man. for me. That would be so fun. Yeah. yeah. The, the Wealth Frequency Upgrade is going to be updated, because it's going to take into account everybody's fears of AI and how- unfounded that is interesting um, and how to position yourself to be a category of one whether you're an uber driver or you are a stripper or you are a coach or an entrepreneur there's nobody that can't have this category of one attitude mm. and you can get yourself from there to the next thing and from there to the next thing and from there to the next thing we're all part of team human but you got to think the right way and you got to know exactly what actions to take and this is what wealth frequency upgrade is going to be about so Social media would be the best place. Stay okay. Tuned. Thank you so much. Thank you. Man. It's been an honor and pleasure. Yeah. Always good times. Absolutely.